milk, cream, cheese. You're all used to seeing these items at your favourite grocery store, right? Until a few decades ago, Icelanders would never see dairy products at a grocery store. So where did they have to go to purchase dairy products? It's a fascinating story. You'll hear all about it today on Weather Jazz. 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 Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, and on Open Line Friday especially, I can really go off topic and that's exactly what I have planned for today. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 558, and it is Friday. We made it. And how about this? Welcome to Meteorological Autumn, September 1st. We don't wait for astronomical autumn because we can't really compare apples to apples when we do it that way because that date essentially floats on the calendar, a couple days either side of September 21st or 22nd, etc. And so it just makes a whole lot of meteorological sense to make sure that it gets parsed into months. September, October, November, meteorological autumn. So we're here. And by the way, I have noticed much more so this year than in maybe even the previous five or six years or so. And Perhaps it has something to do with our cooler-than-normal summer pattern so far this year that the leaves are changing color. They started changing color maybe a couple of weeks ago. I noticed some splashes here and there, whereas uh, the last five or so years, we've had a tough time seeing September color. I think that's going to change this year, and perhaps it's accelerated due to the fact that we have had a cooler-than-normal summer here in the Ohio Valley. And perhaps that is a topic that we'll breach a little bit later on in a future Weather Jazz episode. Well, I'm releasing this episode today, but I'm recording it on Thursday, the last day of August, last day of meteorological summer. The reason being is that my schedule at Fox 8 has shifted just a little bit this week. And for those of you in the Ohio Valley, you will be seeing me on Fox 8 News at noon and 4 p.m. on Friday, September 1st, before my three-day holiday weekend. I will be off from television on Labor Day Monday, and there will be no Weather Jazz segment on Labor Day. The next one will be, in all probability, Wednesday September the 6th. But let's talk about today and the topic at hand. And we're talking about dairy products in a country that always has my interests because of all of the friends that I have in Iceland. You see, there was a point in time in the really not too distant past that you could not get any dairy products at the grocery store. Now, if you visit Iceland, 
You'll notice that that, uh, there are a couple of names, a couple of grocery chains that really are in the forefront. They are Bonus and Cronin, both of which I have been to in recent trips to Iceland. But again, there was a time where if you went to Bonus or Cronin or any of the other grocery stores there, you could not find dairy products, milk, cheese, things of that nature. But rather than broaching that topic on my own, I'm simply going to rebroadcast another podcast, one of my favorite, and that is the Ruv English Podcast. Ruv, R-U-V, is the national network that you'll find in Iceland. There's really only one, Ruv 1 and Ruv 2. And for those who speak mostly English, they have an English-speaking service, and a podcast for news from Iceland. Their editor-in-chief is Darren Adam. And in a most recent episode, Darren tackled the subject of dairy in Iceland since you could not find dairy and dairy products in the grocery store. So the question remains, where did one go to buy milk and butter and cheese? It's truly a fascinating story, and Darren Adam from the Rove English podcast explores just exactly why that is by going to the National Museum of Iceland to speak to the curator of ethnology to find out more about this. Darren Adam and the Rove English podcast gave me permission to rebroadcast it here on this episode I'll also provide a link to the Ruv English podcast so that if your interests are there, you too can subscribe to the podcast. You'll find that on episode number 558 on weatherjazz.com. Now, without further delay, here is that interesting podcast episode. You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company once again. I'm back at the National Museum of Iceland in Reykjavik and we're taking another look at another strange ban that was in place in Iceland until relatively recently. This one lifted in the 1970s and I didn't know about this until very recently. I think it's rather less well known than, for example, the beer ban that we've looked at and with, once again, Helga Volutsen at the museum. And Helga, today we look back to a time when, (laughs) never mind not being able to buy beer, if you wanted to buy milk, you couldn't just go to the supermarket. You had to go to a special milk shop. Uh, yes, for a, a long time you had to go to, to the milk shop um, where you could be sure that the hygiene and cleanliness of the people working there and, and the things used there were okay and up to standard. Um, also, it was a monopoly, so you had to... The, the, the price of milk was put in law, and you had to buy it from the farmers in a certain part mm. of the country that would deliver milk to a certain part of the country. Um, and this kept on well into the 20th century. This must have really been a nuisance. I mean, you think today, if you need a you know a liter of milk or whatever, you can nip out to... A, a, you'll find a petrol station that's open all the time or a supermarket that's open 24 hours. Did these milk shops have 
convenient opening hours? It did open one hour earlier than most grocery stores. Okay. So that's a positive Something, thing. Something, I suppose, yeah. And they had butter and they had uh, milk and, and cream. So most necessities that you would need on a, on a daily basis, maybe. Other grocery stores you could go to on a, maybe once a week. You didn't have to buy uh, flour or eggs yes. and everything daily. And on that hygiene point, was there really a belief that only the people who worked in the milk stores were, <laughs> were clean enough, were hygienic enough? Maybe originally, yeah. but I don't think that is a thing when we get into the latter part of the 20th century. Did the price of milk fall, do we know, once it became possible to buy it in other places? Was that one of the, the reasons maybe why the farmers wanted to keep that system, because they could help control the price? That was definitely one of the reasons they wanted to have the system in, in place in the first place. But I haven't come across anything about the prices going up once the ban was lifted. Yeah. Uh, it seems to have been happening over a period of time that the grocery stores were starting to sell milk. And then the, the milk store started closing down. I have a quote from 1976 from one of the heads of Mjölkursamsala, uh, who sold the milk. And he says that no man in his uh, right mind would have a milk store next to a, a normal store or a grocery store that also sells milk. Mm -hmm. So this is probably why the milk stores closed down in yes. the end. yes. We've talked about politicians having views on the beer ban being lifted. Do we know if this was a political issue? Did people really want to be able to buy milk in supermarkets and was there pressure for that to happen? Well, this is, uh, the, the supermarkets are coming in as a new thing just around the same time. Mm, this is the 70s. It's the yeah. 70s. Uh, up until this time, you were mostly buying from the Kuchmadrin the, Hotninu, the grocery system, the corner. Mm. It's just it's a sign of the new era in Iceland yes. of modern times of of mass production and just <laughs> us becoming big yes. starting to yes. be a little country maybe doing things in the way that the rest of the world did or was was doing but also changing in the same way the rest of the world was one of the exhibits that we're looking at here in the museum is of well there's a lot of milk packaging here isn't there i can see a lot of milk cartons do any of these date back to the days when you would have had to buy them in the milk shop this triangular one here yeah it's in the shape of a pyramid yeah milk one liter it's a red triangular carton in a sort of pyramid shape that could only have been bought in one of the milk shops yes these were bought in milk shops but also people would have milk bottles and, and the metal bottles uh, to pick up the milk in. And you can see also all of the square milk cartons that are typical for a supermarket shelf uh, and come in the, in the late 70s and early 80s. And milk delivery by milkmen? Not so much uh, in the capital area or the cities, but uh, in the countryside most definitely. We even have pop songs about it. Fantastic. I wish there was an audience here to applaud. <laughs> Superb. Well, that has really brought to life the milk, well, not the milk ban, but the ban on being able to buy milk anywhere other than one of the official milk stores and the last one would have closed down then towards the end of the 1970s 76 yeah. I believe it was 
yeah. or maybe it was February 77. There was uh, this milk samlach um, coll collectives all around the country. So they would uh, provide milk in different places. One thing I want to add about the milk is if you look at the, uh, the cartons of all of them, yes. they have so many of the traditional patterns and there's so, so much of the... Beautiful designs. Yes, and you have the turf farm and the cow and, and the... Uh, I think it's a Viking lady holding the cow. Or the patterns from the carvings, traditional carvings, uh, Viking patterns. So I, I think it's quite interesting to see uh, the cultural heritage yeah. shown in Absolutely. the milk. Well, we spoke a few episodes ago to an artist working in Reykjavik who uses milk cartons as her raw materials. So they're getting a second life. Where did these milk cartons come from? Because most people would have considered this to be rubbish and would have just thrown it out. Yeah, they come from uh, a special uh, collection we have in the museums called Ausbudarsat. It was a man called Andres Jonsson who lived in Hapnafjörður and he had a museum there, a collection. I collected everything. And it's such a God's gift for, to, for us today because yeah, yeah, every yeah. time you want something that people would normally have thrown out, yes. he has it. I guess a lot of this would be recycled these days, but you can imagine this all being in a bin bag and just going out to landfill at some point. It's, a, it's not just milk cartons. We've got a, a treasure trove of other consumer items as well throughout, I guess, most of the 20th century here. Yes, most of the 20th century. And what I also think is quite interesting is to see how much Icelandic production has been through all of the 20th century, mm. uh, from cleaning powders to food items and, and sweets. And Everything, yeah. I'm looking for the most unusual item here in this cabinet. I think that's probably, uh, where is it? Here, colored sugar water, a soda drink of some okay. sort. And I just, I love the thing that they advertise that it's colored and they advertise that it's soda water because those are the two things you would not advertise today. <laughs> yeah, they would be taken for granted, wouldn't they? they would yeah, without artificial coloring and without sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Elga, thank you very much. We have some more strange traditional bands and restrictive practices to look at in future episodes here on Ruve English. I'm Darren Adam. Get in touch with us anytime. We are English at ruv.is. You're listening to the Ruve English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Don't worry. If you go to Iceland nowadays, like I recently have been, you will find dairy products, the milk, the cheese, that kind of thing, at places like Bonus and Cronin. But those items were a bit hard to come by when I first landed in Iceland for my very first visit back in the 1970s. Special thanks to Darren Annam and the Ruve English podcast for allowing me to rebroadcast their episode on it. If you have any interest in the news from Iceland, you may wish to consider subscribing to their podcast. I'll provide several links through several of the audio outlets that provide podcasts, such as Spotify, for the Ruve English podcast. Again, you will find it on episode number 558 at weatherjazz.com. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence and let folks know that you are a Weather Jazz fan, whether it be on social media or an email or word of mouth, eyeball to eyeball. By the way, Friday's the day that I get to brag on the folks that step alongside me and financially support Weather Jazz so that I can have the very best tools available to make these programs the very best that they can be. My thanks to Bill and Judy Martin in Florida, to Victoria Singer and Kean Galunas in Vermont, in Ohio, Will and Tonya Kraus, in Ohio also, Brian and Christine Barnes, and Erica and Larry Shaw. And if you would like to add your name to that list, there's always room for more. Simply go to weatherjazz.com. On the right hand, click on the supporter tab and you'll find all the instructions there along with the list of people that I just mentioned. My special thanks to all of you. Each one of you gives me a great deal of encouragement along the way. By the way, if you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can reach me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And also via the voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, the number 234-525-5888. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. Just again, a reminder, I will not have an episode on Labor Day Monday, but Lord willing, I will return on Wednesday of next week. Have a great holiday weekend. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.